victorious note to end right, the podcast Maybe like an on. alternative <laughs> challenge here. Could you jingleize the um, outro of the podcast? The words are there. You just gotta put tuned to them of some this kind. Is, this is revenge, isn't it? This is payback for all the many times I've played fast and loose with your whatever with your precious you podcast that, format. Whatever makes you think I would be any sort of so vindictive as to do that. Did I sentence you to 18 years in the Shadow Deep when I wasn't looking? What's <laughs> happening? <laughs> Hello, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast. I am Indigo, your normal gremlin hiding in the shadows, and we are here to celebrate the whole year and the Ooh. new one to come with... Ooh. Red and blue, who hopefully in the edit I'm gesturing at. But now that I think about it, it's definitely not how I usually edit these uh, podcasts. We can actually just, oh. like, scrap the whole, like, video part of this and just add, like, VTube avatars oh. instead. No, don't. People have already been making jokes about that. <laughs> we were doing it before it was cool. No, we were PNG tubers. There's a difference. Oh, damn it. Those are mostly rant sonas. We were trailblazing in a different direction. <laughs> towards hell. Speaking of marching towards hell, we're here to talk about all the content we made this year, uh, all the, the great videos and a series of categories, very award show style, don't read into that, that uh, to talk about the content we've, we've made this year. Red and Blue have had some amazing videos, we've done some crazy live streams, we've had some fun podcasts along the way, uh, and to kick it all off, let's jump into our first category here and red and blue are going to share their top picks for each of these categories but in number one we have the most viewed videos these are the fan favorites are the videos that you guys watched the most of and if i could get a little drum roll here yeah i got i got a little early on the draw for the drum roll but <laughs> so let me call in a consultant who's an expert on <clears throat> drum rolling <laughs> animal lego figure yeah of course i pulled out the animal lego minifigure you, you think i was gonna leave him out of such a momentous opportunity <laughs> i haven't Here, just let me, let me moved get out of I shot am, while we just... i'm fully propolis by comparison i've got nothing <laughs> <laughs> no you just have this massive bookshelf full of all your 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 intellectual hordes of knowledge i mean but that's not props <laughs> it's useless <laughs> it's not bits <laughs> Well, uh, red and blue, your most viewed videos for this year were the Dark Ages were fine, actually, and the Super Saiyan detailed diatribe. Yeah, which Woo. was a bit of a surprise when I went looking. I was like, it's 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 not even one of my normal videos. Uh, <laughs> yeah, one of the, those January episodes coming on in, just scooping mm. up the views through the rest of the year. Yeah, these things are always a little bit skewed, of course, because the the longer a video has been up, the more views it has accumulated. So yeah. whether or not in a, you know it'll become an all time top performer, it's uh, currently uh, sitting at one point two seven million views, uh, which beats Ooh. out my second place, which was the Trojan War at one point two one million. Uh, yeah. We'll get to that one later. Spoiler alert. Um, but yeah, uh, the the Super Saiyan Detail Diatribe was a lot of fun in part because I think I'd already sort of half done it, like ranted at you specifically about that specific topic before. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if it was on stream or if it was just in real life, but we definitely had that conversation. It was on in one real occasion. life. You were driving me somewhere, and were therefore oh my, my captive audience. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I. Now I, I repressed it, but I actually oh. do vividly remember this. <laughs> I mean, I well, had a good time. 
No, I mean, it's it's funny because I, like, my experience with Dragon Ball Z was, like, I watched this, like, as my religion when I was, like, eight. <laughs> and then I stopped having a TV in my room because that was apparently bad for me. So I just kind of stopped watching it. And then I fell off the wagon. And years later, I'm like, I remember the Boo arc. But I don't know what any of this early game nonsense was. Like, Frieza whomst? I mean, I knew, but, like, I'd forgotten all of the the, the details and the, the nuances of, like, what actually made the Super Saiyan a big deal. Because all I remembered was, like, yeah, and then, like, the show starts and something happens and eventually goes Super Saiyan 3. It's like, no, 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 go back, go back. There's other things. Yeah. yeah. No, it was really interesting, too, because, like, uh, most people... Uh, saw Dragon Ball Z, like most people our age saw Dragon Ball Z when they were very little. And what I had was the, the manga instead of Dragon Ball and uh, like kind of a tangential exposure that way. And then later it, Dragon Ball abridged. And I was like, oh, this is really fun. This makes me want to reread the manga actually. Uh, and uh, of course at the time it was sort of just common knowledge that the main dub was not great. It was a very early anime dub. Those are all very hit or miss. Um, and, uh, it's just, they, they were doing their best, but the performance was a little bit weird. And of course they were also, it was coming out live at the same time as the manga. So the Frieza fight takes four real life hours because <laughs> they didn't know what was going to happen next. So you have whole episodes where yeah. they're just staring at each other. And then at the end, the narrator's like, the, the battle continues next time on Dragon Ball Z. It's like, I fucking hope so. Um, <laughs> So, and then Kai came out, and Kai was like, we're going to make this good, actually. We're going to yeah. take all these actors, all the same actors who now have 20 more years of experience under their belts, and we're going to let them do this again. They're going to play the characters that are, at this point, so comfortable for them that they could probably do these performances in their sleep, and we're going to yeah. cut out all the random shit, and it's going to be great. And I was like, <laughs> you know, when you do that, it really drives home that this is actually an extremely impactful moment, and very well done, and interesting. Which, of course, you would already know if you <laughs> read the manga, but that's okay, oh you know? <laughs> um, so, I, I think... I. That one was fun, and I, I think it was the first detailed diatribe we had that kind of exploded, uh, because, like, the, the You Must Be the Belmont one was part of that big cross-channel collapse, yeah, so it was, it was kind of case. its own thing. Uh, but this one was just, like, before that we were like, these ones are really long, they always kind of underperform, they skim the bottom of the curve at best, and, you know, over time they build up more views, but most people don't have time to watch a full-length movie on a Friday night, like, morning, and then this one was like, whoop, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then our Superman one similarly popped off in, in different yeah. ways. Not, not quite as thoroughly because that was over the summer. but Yeah. Um, they're they're yeah. a little hit or miss, but we always have a great time. And they usually come out pretty good, which is yeah. it's good. It's, it's amazing that it took us so long to find a way in, like, regular form contents to have just red and blue hanging out for, like, an hour, hour and a half. Because we, we eventually figured out, oh, the podcast. This is perfect. Uh, but now, like, finding a way to basically take a version of that kind of energy and put it into, like, it's on the channel. Here it is, is uh, is great. And, and the DBZ one was obviously a, uh, a really fun conversation because, Red, you got to play the... Uh, the, the the one who knows, and I was the audience surrogate who, like, you know, had half remembered a bunch of details. But it was a good discussion, um, and I think it's it's a testament to the strength of the format. Um, even if they're not like our, our heaviest hitters, they're they're fun and they're cool, and it's it's a special kind of yeah. little bit of like analytical mm -hmm. content on. I think on we YouTube may have 
cracked something in the YouTube video essay format by having an audience surrogate that you yeah. are talking directly to rather than just, you know, plopping down in front of the camera and being like, let's discuss this incredibly niche online drama, which is, you know, I love them very much, but I can't do that for a reason. And it's much easier when I have somebody and I'm like, you, you need to know about this. Um, yeah. But that was, uh, that, was, uh, that was on my end of things, but yours was a normal video that was really good. So. Yeah, and this one was actually like weirdly later in the year. This was like like August or September or something, which something was, like that. Um, it was the Dark Ages were fine actually, uh, and the premise was I'd been talking to uh, to our friend Adam Ludo History for for weeks and months about you know various topics in medieval history, and there's a book that was coming out called The Bright Ages that has mm -hmm. since come out to to very good reviews, basically refuting the premise that the the Middle Ages sucked. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. So I wanted to kind of make a video kind of in that vein, in part because we were going to um, Worldcon uh, this yeah. year. And I had mm -hmm. signed up for a panel that was like, hey, like fantasy writers, the Middle Ages were actually interesting and not like shitty and boring like Game of Thrones makes it out to be. Mm -hmm. um, so like... Huh, so I applied to the panel, didn't get it. But I got the best performing video of the year, so I think I still yeah. got a good deal out of it. <laughs> so you uh, won anyway. <laughs> yeah, who's yeah. laughing now, Worldcon panel organizers? No, we yeah. love you guys, it's fine, don't worry about it. They're very um, nice. No, yes. Worldcon was a fantastic experience, absolutely would go again. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I feel a little weird about how the video turned out because it was such a whirlwind tour of... Three continents over a thousand years that I was like, is this irresponsible? Am I doing something wrong here? Like, should I not be doing this uh, at this scale and scope for only 12 minutes? But I, I think it was well constructed enough that even though there were some tremendously, like, catastrophically large blind spots in what I was able to actually talk about, um, I think it still made the point well. Because um, yeah. I was kind of arguing to, to a few different things, and I rarely do those kinds of videos of like debunking anymore because it's just it, it's narratively hard to to do and to structure. But for some reason, this one worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, also, I think like we have conversations about this a lot, where it's like you know any part of history you can focus in on, and there's a, an infinite amount of information that you can uncover, and it's like. There's, yeah, I hear about Rome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it's like there's still value. I'm sorry, the double whammy of like the Rome mug followed by the Nope mug was just. This is my favorite piece of merch that we have. It was before my time on the channel, and I think it's excellent. I I love this is prop promo comedy unrelated. And, yeah. to... <laughs> Creating prop comedy is one of my finest achievements in life. Anyway, um, the the thing is like when we discuss that, it can feel like. The implication is you have to always dive down as far as you can go and it will never be enough. But it's like there is a lot of value in a surface level look and a quick summary. Like you don't actually you don't have to do that deep dive. The deep dive can exist and it's good that yeah. it does, but it is not the only thing that has to exist. And it's not like your, you know, your, your top down perspective is less valuable than an incredibly in-depth you know, novel length essay about the specifics of this, this <laughs> point in time. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. I, I think what, what's probably telling is that in the way that the, if you look in the description of the video, there's about like eight to 10 other videos linked of like, I mentioned this in one sentence, there's an entire 10 minute video about this because it's a way to like interactively convey, yes, 
you know, I explained this thing to you in 30 seconds, but, like, here's a place where you can go right now and get more of that and to show, like, any one of these things you can zoom in on, and about a dozen of them I already have zoomed in on on this channel is kind of a, a nice way to be like, look, you know, we're taking this big thing, but also every single one of these topics is a gateway to hours and hours and weeks and years of investigation. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. that That's the good stuff right there. Good stuff, yeah. So yeah. It's, uh, it, I, I think on paper it should not have worked, but it did. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to be making that a habit, <laughs> but I am very pleased with how it turned out. Um, I, I maybe got a little bit, a uh, little bit of like the uh, fantasy media grumble, grumble, yeah. curmudgeon-y, you know, bah humbug. But um, overall, I, I think I was able to strike the rare balance of call-out post meets uh, very wide-ranging historical survey. <laughs> I mean, I've got my own fantasy bah humbug uh, that's very similar, but from a different direction, because sometimes, rarely, I will get people asking me, like, like, what rough, like, historical time period is Aurora supposed to be? And I'm like, uh, well, one of the main guys is a cat dude, so <laughs> never. Um, yeah. <laughs> 1740s specifically. Specifically. <laughs> Anything that deviates from that is a continuity error. I'm so yeah. glad you brought up deviation because for our next category, uh, we're going to be talking about our favorite non-standard content. These are going to be things like streams, uh, the Scottish play one-off, and all sorts of fun videos that maybe don't fit the regular content mold. And if I could add a little drum roll in post here, which I will do, you two's picks for your favorite non-regular content. For blue, the detailed diatribe, uh, 10 years. And for red was the 2 million animated special. Yeah. Seeing a trend here in the <laughs> This was a big year of milestones. And mm -hmm. we kind of knew going in that, I mean, we knew like almost going into like 2021, like, oh, wait, 2022 is going to be nuts. Like in terms mm -hmm. of subscriber count, like there was a faint possibility that we got to 2 million last year, but it's mm -hmm. like, no. So yeah, we, we, we knew going in like spring, summer, we're going to hit 2 million. And then in winter we have the 10 years. So we, I, I, I don't know, Red, what was our strategy with, with this? Because we obviously figured out the 2 million first, because that was mm -hmm. more pressing time-wise. Yeah, well, uh, from my perspective, at least, our strategy was like, ooh, that's happening really soon, actually. <laughs> uh, but hold on, everybody. <laughs> um, I remember, I, like, the two months leading up to actually hitting 2 mil, the OSP group chat was just like, once a week, someone would be like, we might hit 2 mil today, <laughs> everyone be ready. <laughs> it was rough, yeah. When we got closer, uh, there was, like, there was a two-day scare, I want to say, where sometimes YouTube does slightly weird things with sub counts, yeah. uh, and what happened then was, like, we'd been on the cusp. We were like like less than 2,000 away. And then we were about 7,000 away. And I was like, that's a difference between I can put this up this week and we have to come up with another video because this has to go up next week. <laughs> and uh, we didn't know what it was going to be. And then like two days later, those 5,000 accounts were back and we were like, oh, okay, so we're fine. We're fine. Don't worry about it, everybody. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, yeah, we. it was interesting. We sort of weren't sure what to do for two million for a while we were discussing like you know for one million we went fancy like should should we go fancier it's like well then it risks looking like we're being unironic about it um <laughs> like what do we do and also it's kind of hard to film in the same place on account of all the everything that's happening so like yeah. what is and then we were just like you know what a nice like animated special that's kind of a tribute to the people this is really about 
the two million subscribers and, you know, what they've been through with us, that would probably be nice. Because uh, mm-hmm. we were sort of considering, like, you know, retrospectives and, and stuff like that. And, of course, for the 10-year the anniversary the detail diatribe, <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we can sort of just be a little fluid with these. Because planning yeah. those out sort of went hand in hand. Uh, because yeah. I thought, you know, yeah, I can I can whip up an animatic. You know, I think it would be fun. We can highlight some of the some of the fun moments that are sort of buried in the longer streams that people don't necessarily watch all the way through. Yeah. So it's like, you know, here's the highlight reel. Here's the fun stuff that you missed. Yeah. Um, but uh, your your idea for the the retrospective of like you know ten years ten lessons was like kind of it, it was like the other half of what I wanted our our big yeah. ten year bonanza to be because on the one hand it's like here's something fun it's animated it's funny it's it's a lot of work for about a week and then I get to crash for three days <laughs> and it's great and then this one was like hey what have we actually built here like how did we get to the point where where this this fun little thing yeah. we we put out can be a thing that's fun um yeah, yeah. It, it it the discussion worked really well um i i was struggling and i was struggling i was talking to our youtube partner like ah oh, like what do we do i don't know oh, we can just brag about ourselves i don't want to do that we can give a complex history of the channel but anyone who cares already knows so structuring it as as 10 lessons from 10 years was like the the magical moment of divine inspiration where it's like oh this suddenly makes sense now because it was a much more like philosophical uh, approach to to looking back on on what we've been up to because there there are a lot of ways to do that kind of video sometimes it's someone getting on camera for five minutes and being like hey guys like this is so fantastic genuinely thank you like i I couldn't have done this without you i'm so proud of what we've been able to build together and that's valid uh we, we very easily could have done that we could have done something um, you know, in, in better times, we could have filmed something again, but mm. um, structuring this as as the lessons was a really nice way to go point by point and then also learn things that neither of us actually knew before we started that call. So like talking yeah. about the process of, of me joining the channel and what that was actually like, um, I, I learned things from that conversation that I didn't know before, which was really <laughs> cool. So I was really pleased with how it turned out, not just going through like the, you know, advice for for content creators because there's a lot of advice out there for how to start a channel, a lot of advice on what camera to use, but not a lot of advice on how to actually create art on a longer mm-hmm. time scale. So um, I think this was, was helpful or insightful, even if it wasn't, you know, meant to be instructive. But yeah. what I think the, the real like gem of the video was, was talking about um, our relationship to the world around us, specifically with like the comparison of like 2016 versus 2020 mm-hmm. and, and how yeah. we kind of handled that. Um, I think that was a really insightful, like 15 minutes of a video that I cut down from actually about <laughs> a half hour. Cause the original, the it raw file was two and a half hours <laughs> and I, I, I trimmed it down, uh, to a very respectable hour and a half. Yeah, it <laughs> was interesting. The blue cut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it it was a very fun conversation. And like uh, when I, you know, when you were like, "Hey, ten lessons," but like for the first three years, it was all you. Like, so so, w- w- what do you want to do for those? I was like, "Oh yeah," and I was like going back through the videos list, and that was sort of like it's been a while, and I don't remember all of the details of the creation process of those first few videos. It's like you know, I I remember the the main bits. But I had to sort of refresh my memory looking back through being like, where was my head at when I did this? Like, why did I pick this play? Uh, and that was just, it was interesting. And 
I think a lot of that just sort of interesting conversation came through because the number of comments we got from people who were like, this is so inspiring to for, to me to make me want to create more stuff. Yeah. Or like this helped me get through some like artist block or something. It's like, really? I mean, that's great. Like we didn't plan that. Like, how could we? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so that part was really fun. And the, the animated was it. Honestly, I almost this feels ridiculous to say. I almost felt like I was phoning that one in. Uh, like, <laughs> we could make this longer. We could do this punchier. I could add in more stuff. Because uh, it's just kind of like a little montage of bits that were funny to animate. Um, and I, I did have a good time with it. And anytime I do something like that and it's not like a painful, slow process, I'm like, oh, where's the catch? What did I what did I mess up to make this work so fun? Was um, I cheating? Yeah, <laughs> this feels Did I feels steal like something in this process? <laughs> Should I not have used that gift from time enough at last yeah. in that one thing or yeah. what? Um, it's always but, fun, though, Red, when you are doing an animated because what happens is like I'll send you a supercut of a live stream or something and that's just sort of like a pool of information to pull from. And then mm. the OSP group chat will have like one night where five or six clips of various stages of doneness get sent yeah. of like the scenes you've picked. And it's really fun to kind of see the process of like, oh, Red's <laughs> figuring out like the physical comedy that works in this clip and like how to make these designs for these characters work. And I really love seeing that process go through. And yeah. I remember that happening very quickly for the two million special because obviously we were on the timetable that we were on. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, I love it because uh, it did give me a physical form at last, which <laughs> yeah, yeah. coming for your spot, fun. Cleo, watch out. <laughs> One of the things I liked about the two million was that it was by virtue of it mostly focusing on the like dog percent speed run mm -hmm. series that we did. It was a, a much like wider survey of kind of the OSP gang than the original one million video was. So yeah, I think exactly. it, it it neatly reflects how kind of like the the ecosystem of the channel has grown since even you know 2019 when we made the one million video. Um, <laughs> So it's yeah. like we got we got yeah. Cyan, we got Indigo, we got we got Ziggy in there. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, and of course Cleo new yep. since since the 2019 one video. So the pins it was nice to see like yes. the the expansion of 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 OSP. Obviously, there, there there's no recapturing the the magic or surpassing the one million video because like that bit was just so inspired. It was so funny. <laughs> I can't believe I nearly broke your coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> The people who are like, the glass is gone in the second shot. It's like, I didn't kill it. We just moved it out of the way. I swear. So I'm funny. innocent, officer. Yeah. Um, we have no proof, Red. Unfortunately, it's not on camera, and therefore, who can say? Yeah, it doesn't um, exist. I see how it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. It was very fun. And the, the thing, the, like the one production side thing that I did different for this one is uh, normally when I'm animating through a video, I kind of just, like, I, I go from there's no frame here to here's the final frame in one one motion. In this one, I made storyboards. Like, I had a little half-finished, just sketched-out frame, so I had the movement and the blocking down. And then uh, the way I have Final Cut arranged, it references the file in place. It doesn't copy it in. So if you edit the file, it just updates the frame. So what I could just do is get all the movement choreography done and, like, all the layers, and then I could go in and replace the little stick figure with blue falling off the cliff, and the animation <laughs> would just come together in the background. So, That's great. Like, there, I, I don't normally do that because it's not useful for standard video production because there's very little like movement or animation involved it's just one frame after the other um but it was interesting it, it was an interesting mm -hmm. process because it meant i could get the storyboards done and then like rest and then i could come back and be like i feel like i can go in and do the full colors today yeah. let's do it um yeah i i also do like that the um 
the specifically the frames of like you presenting this the strategy with the four divine beasts triggered a full meme war on the subreddit <laughs> that was raging for like a like weeks oh, or a man. month it was so funny to see it's, that happen it's my artistic curse it's a midas touch everything i everything i touch turns into a meme format <laughs> that that included also memes in middle egyptian uh, mm-hmm. A couple in, I think, Greek or Latin, um, and one in another, like, ancient language. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Perfect. Only from our community. Uh... <laughs> only from our community and only from you guys. And speaking of you guys, our next category is going to be your favorite of your own videos. So oh, this yeah. is Red's favorite red video and Blue's favorite blue video. Not based on numbers, but just based on personal choice. So Vibes. After the... <laughs> After the drum roll that I'll add in post, uh, I assume Indigo of the Future, you make that call. Red's favorite video was the Trojan War, and Blue's favorite video was Ukraine. Yeah. yeah. Ah. Of wide spectrum from extreme modern relevance to minimal modern relevance there. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like but... the first story ever written down in like Western civilization to... Hey, so this happened in February. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a weird couple months. I had to very quickly edit in a disclaimer to my Sunday and Crescent Moon video in progress. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that one in a sec. Yeah, uh, yeah. let's start with the Trojan War. <laughs> oh yeah, why not? Well, so yeah. many things did. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we we've discussed yeah. this one in various times uh, because it was it was sort of a I think I think it was your idea initially to just. Uh, Go back and (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Because I've I've talked at length about how like I have a strict no remakes policy. I I I know that that's a rabbit hole I wouldn't be able to escape from if I wanted to go back and just start repolishing the things I've already made. I wouldn't be able to stop, and that would be bad because you guys wouldn't get new stuff while I was doing that. Uh, So the Iliad video has to stay as it is. But it was also like the first fully animated video I did, so it's not good by my current standards. Uh, and as a sort of happy medium, it was like, hey, you know, there's a lot more to the Trojan War than the Iliad. You could just cover that, you know, big old deep dive. Here's a bunch of sources. Here's some fun options. Here's all these yeah. book covers I made for you. Uh, have fun. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, I and, can do that. And to my knowledge, there's no one on YouTube who's done that. Like, you know, sure, in, like, courses and, and stuff you can find in, like, very much longer-form stuff online, people have, like, done full summaries of the Trojan War, but no one really puts it all together and shows how they connect. So yeah. I, I was really happy to see how you ran with it and turned it into this really cool tapestry of, of all these kind of interweaving stories and showing how they come together to create, like... There's a lot of political backstory to why this arranged marriage happened in the first place, let alone why this arranged marriage broke down and thus caused an entire war afterwards. Yeah, (laughs) no, it's interesting. And uh, one thing I thought was very cool while I was doing the research process is noticing which parts were flexible and which parts were very solid. Because, you know, in all mythology, there's we come to expect fluidity in storytelling. to the point where it's odd when things don't change. And usually that means there's like there's a physical touch point that all of these myths keep orbiting around that they can't go too far away from. So constellation myths always have to end with the constellation forming. It's like yeah. it's got to be roughly that shape and it's got to be roughly that location. Um, so all the Ursa Major myths have a bear somewhere in them, you know, stuff <laughs> like that. All the Taurus myths have a bull somewhere in them. 
because even if you're, you know, halfway around the world and your culture is completely distinct, you can look up and be like, that looks pretty bear-like. Um, and in this case, it's like there's so much fluidity about Helen, but there's there's these points where things don't change. It's like, okay, well, Achilles always dies of getting shot, but who shoots him and where? That varies. Helen yeah. always runs away with Paris, but whose idea was that and how consensual was it and why did it happen in the first place? Uh, and, you know, they always make off with the wealth. That's never in question. They always steal money from Menelaus. Um, but, like, you know, what, what else happens? And wh what's Helen's personality and what's her agency in all of this? And that's yeah. so flexible and weird. What's her divine parentage? What's the story of her childhood? Like, yeah. the only thing that's consistent about Helen's story is she gets abducted because that's the part that has to happen. But where she comes from, what her family is, what her parentage is, all that stuff changes a lot. And, um, and when you tie that in with uh, with your video on uh, Mykonae in Greece, it's like, yeah. well, how much of this was just also like a real thing they knew happened? Like, like <laughs> w w what solid bits were real? Uh, anyway, yeah. so so that was my, as you can tell, I had a huge amount of fun with it. The research process was a lot of fun, but also because it was in rare form, a linear story that I could actually tell in order. It was yeah. like a day at the spa on some level. On the research, yeah. it was like this part covers this chunk and this part covers that chunk. And then I'll put the Let's little book in the top corner so people don't yell at me for not citing my sources <laughs> in a YouTube video you're watching for entertainment. Yeah. And I assume you're not plagiarizing for school essays, guys. Come on. Uh, <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, yes, I had a great time. Uh, your video uh, was also a great time, right? With absolutely yeah. nothing com complicating the process? No no emotional weight to, to really pull along or anything morally complex to untangle into the ethics of discussing history in the middle of an event that's actively happening and trying to find a way to make a video that is relevant but also not immediately dated. It was a breeze. Yeah, soup's <laughs> easy. Just the, just the chillest. Like. Yeah, God, I... Because the story, I think I explained this on on the podcast, but the story of like why this video had to happen was that we used to take patron requests for video topics, and we eventually stopped doing that because it became unsustainable. People wouldn't claim the rewards, and some people would claim the rewards a lot later. So it was like we okay, like cash your rewards in now, and then and then we're done. And one of the last ones that I got was Ukraine, and that was in. Um, late 2020. So 2021, I was sitting on this topic. I was working through some other ones that had come in earlier. Um, but I was like, Ukraine, Ukraine, how am I going to do that? Oh, okay, I don't know. I've never studied that part before. It's like, I know about the Kievan Rus, like vaguely, but only, eh. So eventually when it came to February and it's like, okay, uh, and then eventually the war itself actually started. Um, it's like, all right, Let's go. Uh, so it's like I dove in. It's like let's let's do this right. Let's let's do this properly. Go through full history of the like not necessarily a singular you know national history, but um, the idea of Ukraine tracing that through its its first beginnings to you know, present day. How on earth did that go from point A to point B? And it's, it's a country, and then it got conquered, and then it's back, and nope, it's gone again, and hey, it's back, and nope, USSR, damn it, fuck. Mm -hmm. um, but trying to find the, the through line and be like, despite all of this, <laughs> the idea of this place is so strong that it keeps coming back. It never stays dead. Um, yeah. Oh, got a Ziggy. Oh, kitty cam. Um, Just keep then, going. She'll move eventually. Yep, and then finding out how to, how to structure that um, in a narrative that felt relevant but not 
overwhelmingly biased because I think, you know, the, the idea that historians have to be without bias is a misstating of the idea that historians should make their biases known. Mm -hmm. um, and there are some things where, you know, someone's clearly trying to promote an agenda versus someone has experience or a background in something that makes them think this given way. You know, that's, that's all something that we untangle. Everyone has biases. So the more you can yeah. do to show them, the better. And then, you know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I was trying to find out how on earth to make that work and, and to square it. But I kind of thought, you know what? Fuck it. So it's like, look, this video is a fundraiser for Ukraine. All of the ad revenue from this is going to humanitarian aid you know, donate with the YouTube giving sidebar and let's see how much money we can get. Overall, between um, your relevant video with the fundraiser and, and this Ukraine video, we rose, we raised, uh, <laughs> we raised like $70,000, I think, just Something between like these that, two, yeah. which is like, mm -hmm. so um, I'm really proud of not just how that video turned out, but what it stood for and then also what it accomplished and how it, you know, was able to make a material difference in people's lives is insane yeah. to think about. So again, I'm, on the subject yeah. of like how, how our attitude towards our place in the world has changed since 2016 is like, Hey, yeah. can we like do something about this? It's, yeah. You know, two videos later. Oh yeah. yeah okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> five years ago, I would have made like a sly comment or some, you know, backhanded dig at Vladimir Putin been like, I did it. But it's like, no, fucking no, yeah. that's not where this stops. You have to actually show up and do the thing. So it's like, all right, let's yeah. explain in detail that Ukraine exists, why, mm -hmm. and how it has persevered throughout everything. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think it also speaks to the yeah. uh, the collaborative power of YouTube when you both have, yeah. you know, videos working on the same fundraiser and uh, same campaign. Uh, but speaking of there being two of you, you are the dynamic duo that heads everything. I'm going to do that for every category and we've only got okay. two left. So I hope you I hope you've been enjoying the thing. Are you going <laughs> to do you want to help with this one? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> uh, so this next category is your favorite of each other's video. So red's yes. favorite blue and blue's favorite red. And after the drum roll added in post, helped by this cat, um, <laughs> she's just going to be here. It's fine. Uh, blue's favorite red video was Sun Maiden Crescent Moon, and red's was the uh, history summarized Mycenaean Greece. Yeah. This is funny because I think I think we both selected videos that we are slightly responsible for the other person doing yes. <laughs> um, to varying degrees. Because of course, like part of the reason I love the Mike and Anne Grease video so much is because it gave me context that is difficult for me to find because I'm not good at historical research. There's there's a skill set mm -hmm. to it that I haven't cultivated. Like if you give me a primary source, like here's a story, A to B, I'm like, yes, yeah. thank you. I can just read this and tell people what it says. History is much more complicated and much poorly, much more poorly documented. Um, and Mike and Anne Grease <laughs> is complicated because of the Greek Dark Age in the middle. It's like we ought we got nothing between points A and B, and we barely yeah. have anything in point A uh, yeah. because we've only sort of got linear B. Because <laughs> it's a linear A. <laughs> yeah, a. Um, yeah. uh, but watching that video is so interesting because, like, I sometimes I sort of fall susceptible to the, this thing that I say you shouldn't do when you're researching myths, which is losing context, you know, treating it like a story rather than something that was once a living religion, uh, because it's fun to talk about it like a story. It's easier, much easier to talk about it like a story. Uh, but there's context there that makes it more interesting. And just getting this dive into this culture of like, 
here's what we got. Here's the ruins we found. Here's this one archaeologist who kind of <laughs> beefed a lot of things, but without him, we wouldn't know where Troy was. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's a mixed bag. Um, and just like, yeah, we found Troy. Nine Troys, actually, all stacked on top of each other and burned in the middle. It's like, what? <laughs> um, yeah. It's just so fun. It's got that... It's got that twist of Lovecraftian eldritch ancientness with the benefit of being real and not racist. So just it was it was a day at the spa and Christmas for me. So yeah. um. I, what I loved about the construction of that video was I so aggressively buried the lead on like like because I'm like the first line I'm like Troy exists. Okay, cool. We mm-hmm. most of us know that by now. That's in the 1900s. It's like okay, you know whatever. But then also being like oh yeah, by the way, the Trojan War. A version of that happened. Like, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But the characterization of the Mike and Names that evolves over the course of the video, where it's like, okay, what's these guys' deal? And then it turns out that they are the Eldritch Abomination that destroyed the Minoan civilization. And then they're also the Eldritch Abomination that destroyed Near Eastern, like, Trojan. I guess it's... It's like quasi-hit type thing. It was in between. Um, But like that also destroyed a different civilization and is also largely responsible for the Bronze Age collapse. (laughs) It's so funny that like if you look at it, on paper, we had that the whole time. We had, on yeah. one hand, the sea people came in their ships and pillaged and burned, and on the other, and lo, we sent out our great fleets, thousands fold. Here's a list of all the fucking boats! Um, and it's like, I just don't know. It's crazy how they didn't run into the sea people on all their voyages. It's wild. <laughs> you know? It's like the and Patrick, he's just standing there menacingly. It's like, wow. Maniac it's, it's, spotted, yeah. It's wild that we never God. see the Achilles and the sea people in the same room at the same time um but that was very fun from uh from my perspective and just watching it i was like i'm learning something and also i'm feeling validated in my trojan war (laughs) research that was going on at the same time uh but the the other fun thing about the video of mine that you liked is uh i only did it because you guys sent me that book and the sun maiden (laughs) crescent moon was cyan's favorite story in it without me knowing i didn't pick it because of that i was like this is really fun and it's actually kind of long some of these stories are like two pages and it's like here's how owl pulled a prank on mr raven okay bye uh but um this one was like oh there's layers here there's nuance there's spooky eldritch witches yeah i'll do this and then you were like oh that's cyan's favorite i was like oh shit hell yeah (laughs) so yeah it it was fun because cyan got a couple of folklore books just for her to like read and learn about in her spare time and one of them was this Sun Maiden Crescent Moon book, the collection of stories by uh, last name Reardon, the guy who like loved communism, um, <laughs> yes, but like yeah, the, yeah, by the compiler guy. of the book. So um, Cyan got the book and was reading through them and like, oh my god, like these are so fun! Like, please try to convince Red to do one of them. So I was like, hey, Red, like here's the thing, and eventually I just like sent you a copy. Yeah, it was like, oh, book, so. who did that? <laughs> so <laughs> what a mysterious um, thing I'm, this was, and I read through it. And I was like, oh, there's a lot of really good stuff in here. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean it. It wouldn't have been a good video if you didn't, like, independently find the stories interesting. So I I don't want to, like, overstate the amount of bullying that transpired (laughs) in the process of getting this video made. Yeah, no, Um, I think that book sat on my nightstand for a while before I was like, ah, you know, I I need more scripts. And and I, I, it's hard to come up with ideas for scripts about stories I don't know exist yet. So on some level, at some point, I have to do a leap of faith and start reading something I've never read before and hope I find something I can use. And in this case, I was like, think about folktales from a part of the world I've never researched. There's gonna be good stuff there. So yeah. I had, like, little notes on, like, this is a cute little story. This is a cute little story. This one's the one! <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I found it. 
yeah, I yeah. found it. And then at the same time, like serendipitously, uh, uh, world events transpired that made me have to. I, I was like, do I have to rewrite my entire funny haha intro bit? And I was like, no, no, I can just, I can just add a little, a little disclaimer. And the the Apollo dodgeball of prophecy made me. We'll be yeah. fine. Everything's fine. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then we put the the fundraiser on it, and it all felt pretty good yeah that was a fun window into how far ahead some of these videos get made for the audience <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and some of the challenges that come with making them speaking of our final yeah. category uh everyone's most challenging videos <laughs> we nailed it uh so this category is the videos that you guys found the most challenging to make for whatever reason that may be i'm sure we'll hear some details on that shortly and so after the post-production drum roll definitely added it right on there i'm gonna have to find like a bunch of different drum related sound effects that are not drum rolls for this video aren't i uh you should do one that's the the lick from jazz the do 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 but oh. as drums <laughs> I meant like a like a lick sound effect you know no. oh. right it would be terrible uh but travesty <laughs> Do I need to get Ryan Gosling to mansplain jazz to you? No! <laughs> Someone already made me do that on Movies Truck. <laughs> I don't need to do it again. I saw that shit. I've been there. Um, I've lived it, man. I've been uh, This is my real life. But uh, Blue, your most challenging video was City Minutes Colonial America, and Red's was the Saga of Grettir. Yeah. Red, let's start with yours, because mine's embarrassing. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, um... Yeah, uh, so I've mentioned the Saga of Grettir was the last of my Patreon requested videos, uh, and it was—I mean—it was a really good suggestion. Like again, this is a this is a part of the world that I don't independently research on my own most of the time. Uh, I'd never read an Icelandic saga before, and I was intrigued but also challenged, which is good. It just—you know—sometimes I, I give myself softballs, and sometimes I have to read—you know—eighty chapters of a dude fucking around in the wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> and crashing on people's couches and very occasionally wrestling ghosts. Um, so I honestly, the hard part of that was just reading through it um, because I, you know, it, I have ADHD. I've been upfront about this. It's not easy for me to get through long, dry things. <laughs> um, so there's actually a point in my notes. I feel like I shouldn't say this. It's too much behind the curtain. But like I was reading through the first five chapters and then I in my notes, I was like, Gretier's not even born yet. What am I doing? And then I skipped <laughs> to chapter 13 when Gretier first is born and the story really gets going. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, th that part that part was challenging. So I basically I read through it. I took as many notes as I could. I ended up with like 10 pages of them. And then it was like, I need to turn this into a script that's actually funny. Uh, so that was further cutting down, cutting down, got it to a seven-page script, sent it to Blue, who was like, I killed some of the longer jokes for you. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> um, it's like, like there yeah, he meets this guy, like, Bjorn, and he fights a bear, and then it's like this whole thing. No, 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 no. He kills a bear. Next. Yep. <laughs> that, that's it, baby. We don't need to know Bjorn's name. He's not important. Yeah. Uh, there were basically the only funny thing about the character names is how many of them had Thor at the beginning. So it was like Thorstein, Th uh, Thorvald. Uh, there yeah. were like three Thorsteins at different points. Uh, and it was fun because the thing is, like, I can complain, but this is allegedly a historical account, at least mostly, of like real people who were alive. So just yeah. because, you know, Thorvald is the Icelandic equivalent of John, it doesn't mean I should be dissing <laughs> these guys, you know. Um, so... Honestly, that video really picked up for me when I started drawing it. And that's a rare thing. Often the drawing part is it's a little bit slow, it's a little bit tiresome, and sometimes I'm like, I this part just needs a visual, it doesn't need to be, you know, a Monet. Yeah. But in this case I was like, this is so much more fun because I can inject Gretier with personality when the book had very little in a lot of cases, because I can yeah. have him say things that are funny. Um 
So that it, it was fun. It, it it came together. It it all sort of you know really worked out. Uh, although it was pretty close to down to the wire. I had only a couple weeks before the day it was supposed to go up by the time I finished it, and it, it chewed through some of my other video buffers. So the video that just just went up on December 30th, I finished less than two weeks before that, um, <laughs> which is shameful for me. So I got a, I got a motor to get the buffer back up so I can go back to having hilarious uh, timing problems with major historical events <laughs> playing out when a video I have scheduled touches on those things. Um, Anyway, so yes, yeah. unconditionally my most challenging video and sort of like ate into the easiness of the videos around it just because of how much energy I had to pour into it for like the whole yeah. year that I had to read through it and, and prep it. But like, again, like it was a really good suggestion. The video that came out of it was really fun. And like, I, I think it all worked out. It's just, it was hard and I, I'm, I'm glad hard. it's done. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it was a good one. I, I'm really pleased with, with how it turned out. Uh, <laughs> I I felt so glad that I was able to uh, I'll say save you from the longer version of the script because oh, yeah. there are a couple videos from from previous years where I was like can I like help cut this down for you? You're like no 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 and then it it's was great but it was also important. very long and I'm like I don't know if you needed that section on the thing yeah. um, but this one I'm it's like tough, let yeah. me help you <laughs> i i am prone to over explaining things and that means when i don't get a second pair of eyes on my script everything looks equally important and it's like yeah. well it's important that the guy's name is bjorn because bjorn means bear and then they fight a bear and there's jokes about it it's like are you putting the jokes in the script then it's not important <laughs> so anyway um yeah. but yes that yeah. was mine uh and yours on Colonial cities? Colonial America, yeah. Yes. It was my, my kind of like 4th of July uh, America special video. And I liked the concept that I had for it. The City Minutes, I mean, as, as mentioned in, in previous years, was kind of a, uh, uh, a failed experiment to a successful experiment, but still an experiment. Um, and I, I like how the series works, because it's a great way to take these little, little snapshots of places at little points in time and, and see how they work together rather than just like if I did a, a deep dive video on colonial New York that'd be really cool but I wouldn't know how it connects to the other cities uh, in what eventually all became the the British Empire until it famously then wasn't but <laughs> I as much as I love the concept for being able to like give you know like a Native American civilization you know a, a, a seat at the history table essentially with with putting the Iroquois in there Mm. Um, the video just would not come together because that one was essentially slated for right after we got back from VidCon and Indigo, right. you, me, and Cyan went to VidCon in California. Mm -hmm. Super fun time. Got to meet um, Dom and Kaluna and Jenny Nicholson and a bunch of other super fun, uh, awesome people. But it ended up being the thing that kind of activated my long COVID because I was so worn out from the end of it that I was just completely out of energy in the tank and I just did not recover from it. So I had gotten COVID earlier in the spring and then I was one of the early people to have a rebound case. And I was like, oh, you know, I mean, I'm obviously I'm sick, but like, I'm okay. Like, you know, we're good. And then I was all right for like, like three weeks and I went to VidCon, came back, was laid out. I could not think. I couldn't work. I mean, I, I like. I was able to do the things. It just it it would not come together. This four minute video 
was just impossible to put together. It's, yeah, uh, I mean, it's rough. Like, a lot of our, you know, job is based on us being, you know, awake enough to be funny. Like, and uh, being yeah. funny is heavily reliant on having a certain amount of quick-wittedness mm. and observational humor and a way to, like, yeah. look at a thing and then twist it to a funny direction. And when you're tired, all that goes out the window. God. Like, it, it's hard enough to just process what's happening. And the thing is, like, I, I read the script at the time and I was like, this, I mean, it's it's functional. Like, you're getting your point across. It's just like, you know, it could be more punchy. And, it's, like, that's that's really yeah. all this comes down to. It was to, just is, like, only fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I do remember because like a lot of the frustration was just like I want to do better than this, and I know I can normally, but right now, yeah. medically, I can't. And it's like, yeah. it, I mean, that's never a fun place to be in. But like when you're in a situation like that, it is just vital that you rest. Like you don't, yeah. you don't. If your car is stuck in a snowdrift, you don't get out of the snowdrift by flooring the accelerator. Okay, <laughs> you you back up <laughs> and you chill. Like yeah. this is. Basically, you, you experience, like, a, a medically induced bout of artistic burnout, and the treatment for that is the same as it is yes. for all burnout, which is, like, you got to give yourself time to not be doing anything. Like, yeah. it, it's not fun, and it feels bad that you don't feel capable right now, but it's, like, the way you become capable again is you give yourself time to heal. Like, it's, yeah. it's an injury just like any other. It's like, you know, I, I wouldn't have been appropriately treating my broken clavicle by being like, I should be able to go back to doing somersaults because that's what I like being able to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, exactly. Um, yeah. So I, I was able to like slowly, once I realized what exactly had happened and it took a while before I realized what exactly had happened, um, rest up and kind of get back to it. I mean, I, I looked back in September, like what videos did I even make this summer? <laughs> It was like, oh, oh, I, I, I didn't. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah, um, we, we took some time off. We did a couple more detailed diatribes mm -hmm. in the middle. I mean, we didn't yeah. really take weeks off, but, like, you yeah. know what we did. We yeah. kind of lined up with, like, the two million hitting two. So there was a lot of, like, bonus yeah. content going around we, that time. We, had, we were like, very series. strategic yeah. with, with how to take Fridays off, but we, we made it work. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, of course, yeah. now mm -hmm. I just moved house, so I am blasted uh, tired. <laughs> Um, that's but not it's the, the right holiday word, season. Yeah, but everyone's yeah, supposed so to I'm be chilling gonna, anyway. Gonna yeah. go home and sleep. So yes, good. Uh, it time to rest. it w was my worst performing video of the year, unsurprisingly. Yeah, but you know, sometimes a video is not challenging, and then it becomes your masterpiece. Sometimes a video is just hard and just kicks your ass. Mm -hmm. And that's but that. <laughs> but you still created something. The people yeah. who watched it liked it. Yeah. You still put something out into the world, and really, that's all that we can end exactly. ever hope for. Yeah. 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 And, and with that, we've sort of reached the end of our categories for this half of the podcast. We are still going to be doing a QA and a as usual, but before we jump on over to that, speaking of putting things out into the world, got another one in there. Uh, <laughs> we did a lot of really cool collaborations that we did this year, and we just wanted to highlight a few of them and kind of shout them out here at the end of the podcast in lieu of our normal promotions. I believe, Red and Blue, that you guys have some of those collaborations on hand that you might want to just we talk sure about for do. a second. We sure do. Red, you want yes. to go first? Certainly. Well, one of them is uh, the Sun Wukong Ooh. vinyl toy from our bud uh, Doomco Designs. This is one of the four pre-order colorways. Uh, I, I got the full set and then I sort of redistributed most of them to like friends and family. <laughs> uh, so I have the green one with a slightly cheeky expression. And uh, the fun thing about these, it's a little hard to see, but I'm just going to use my phone to like light it up. Uh, you can see it's kind of like translucent and wacky yeah. because it sort of looks like thin plastic, but it's not. Uh, and what uh, what Kent at Doomco Designs has been doing has been releasing Monkeys of the Month, which are unique vinyl colorways that are like 
crystal blue or like glittery purple, not for chewing, even if it looks <laughs> like you should. Um, and uh, so those are up on his shop and they're really fun. And he's probably just going to do more monkey of the month colorways until the sun burns out. So yeah. check those out. And uh, the the ones, the, the monkeys of the month are extremely limited runs. It's like 35 of each of them total. Yeah. Uh, vinyl toys uh, don't tend to, don't tend to move in ridiculously high numbers. Uh, it was a learning experience because we've never done anything like this before. We do yeah. like, you know, print on demand t-shirts and like pins. And those mm. are two very different extremes. So this was, yeah. this was fun. But they're, they're, a lot of, they're a lot of fun and they're very pleasing from an ASMR standpoint, sound wise. Um, yeah. So that was, that was one of them. It's very cool. It's I'm like, journeying to the West in your left ear, now in your right ear. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a physical representation of a thing that I drew. Oh, and it came in a really fun box that I designed. Yeah. Uh, so I've ne- this, I mean, uh, when, when Ken sent me the template, I printed it out and folded it up because I love physical crafting. I just so rarely do it as a digital yeah. artist. So I was like, hey, look at this. Look at that. I make, it's a thing. It's my yeah. monkey. There he is. Yeah. On on the other side of, of like physical merch, uh, I don't even know if I'd call this merch. We worked with uh, the team at the Woman Cards to make the History Makers deck, which is probably like on the other side, like red of your Song Wukong vinyl toy. This is probably the coolest thing that I've had a hand in making real. <laughs> I didn't even draw the damn thing. I just kind of like willed it into existence by sending them an email like, hey, I love your stuff. Can we collaborate? <laughs> and they're like, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so the the Women History Makers video that, that came out, uh, there's actually in the deck, there's a QR code that takes you to that video. So whenever anyone gets this deck, they can actually go watch it and, and learn about all the people in here. Um, it, it turned out great. I'm, I'm so pleased with just like how it looks, how the cards play, and that we were able to spotlight all these fantastic women from specifically pre-modern history um, that I, I'm just, I'm so proud of how it turned out. We were able to raise um, about $5,000 for the Malala Fund. We originally were ballparking more, but inflation like really ate into our margins that we were able to work with donating so our entire cut of the revenue got donated it was less than we had hoped but it's still five thousand dollars off of otherwise just a merchandise launch which is super super cool so i'm extremely pleased with how it turned out and Mm -hmm. uh hopefully we'll be able to do more cool kind of things um outside of the the norm of of pins and mugs and t-shirts in uh in 2023 so we'll uh We'll show you that stuff when it's ready. Yeah. Lego, yeah. our DMs are open. <laughs> Check back in next year. It's been a fantastic year making uh, content and podcasts and merch and streams and whatnot. Um, we are going to jump right on into the Q&A next. But uh, have a, if for some reason you're clocking out now, I guess have a happy new year. <laughs> in celebration, I'm going to make my background lights do something that's going to be really hard for the video to render. Yay! Give it a the second. bell doesn't dismiss you. I do. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Oh, that hurts me, Red. That's painful. <laughs> Look on my works, ye mighty. <laughs> on that note, let's move to the Q&A portion of the podcast. Hacha! Hello, and welcome to the Q&A portion of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast, where we answer your questions from Ask OS Pod on Discord. This first question comes from one of our lovely patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, support the channel, consider becoming a patron for a chance to have your question read first in a future episode. And thank you, Red, for showing the dance that you do every time I do this spiel. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't uh, deny your adoring fans. It's <laughs> you only <know>. right. <laughs> 
Frankly, I'm surprised I have not been remixed yet. Like, I live in fear every day that someone is going to be like, I'm going to be scrolling TikTok and then it's just going to be, hello and welcome, beat drop. So that's, okay, I I don't really understand TikTok. I know they use audios and then they, like, dub them over. There are a couple audios there floating around from my videos and people just, like, usually, like, young women in flannels uh, just, like, lip syncing to me talking like a normal person. And I'm like, I don't understand what's happening. I've seen a lot of makeup tutorials. It was rough being a girl in ancient Greece. (laughs) No, fuck, damn it, that's the one. (laughs) No! Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but this first question comes from Irish Katsune to Red and Blue. I don't know if this question has come up yet, but I want to know. Why is Blue constantly beset by ninjas, and when did it start? Is Red a high-ranking <laughs> member of a secret ninja clan and six her posse on Blue whenever he butts into her videos? So this is a bit of, like, channel lore and, you know, lore. something the fans want to know. Uh, what's up yeah. with the ninjas? Well, this is, like, this is actually really interesting because this, this is, is so a bad. joke question with a joke <laughs> answer. But also there's, like, a very real thing in here about... The, the kinds of channel that I, I specifically was taking inspiration from early on in the <laughs> channel uh, that we've sort of drifted away from as we've just gotten, you know, like, you know, we're, we're still pretty, you know, our work first. You know, we don't tend to yeah. put ourselves on camera very much. But, like, w- we sort of... I, I mean, I'm just going to say it. Like, I was super into the the channel Awesomeverse when I was uh, young and at a formative uh, age. And it was a big thing that those channels had lore and, like recurring characters and just punchlines and things that would happen and it was just like you know the the person who's behind mm. this channel is not putting themselves on camera they're putting on a character and that character has lore and sketches yeah. and like they wear wigs and funny outfits and stuff like that and i knew i didn't really want to do that but i was like yeah having behind the scenes lore for your characters is just like a funny thing that that youtube video essayists do and you know now that we're sort of you know now that there's another person on the channel and we are acknowledging that there are people behind the channel we can sort of make jokes about that and it's like hey get out of here sick the ninjas on him that's yeah. that's a funny bit uh and then i remember we sort of hit this point where we were like okay we can either be a little more like open about ourselves like we could appear on camera for the q a or something like that or we can seriously commit to like the jokey bits and just kind of lean in and we were like let's not do that that sounds really tiring um, yes because <laughs> then you write yourself into a corner issues. within like two years and you're completely screwed yeah <laughs> there were the also other reasons why <laughs> a lot of people were sort of moving away from that that space of yeah. video essay style mm-hmm. uh and uh i mean you know a lot of stuff happened specifically with channel awesome that made me not really want to emulate them anymore <laughs> uh but it was it was interesting uh sort of seeing that shift uh because there are a lot of other video essayists nowadays and most of them are sort of following um I guess kind of the pattern that Lindsay Ellis trailblazed when yeah. she went off on her own and started doing her own thing of just like, you know, in camera, like there might be a running gag of like, here's a huge amount of alcohol I'm going to consume while talking about the travesty that is the Phantom of the Opera movie. But like, yeah. that's not a bit. That's just a like, that's a punchline. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, sort of single camera talking into the, you know, discussing what's going on. And uh, it, it feels simpler and a little bit less contrived. And I really like it. And those are great background noise when I watch. It's also not really the kind of thing we do either. Uh, we just sort of keep going in our own direction. Um, but yes, yeah, so the ninjas are a bit that I'm very attached to, but they come from a thing that's kind of been orphaned. Um. Yeah, it was. I mean, we eventually like got into like one summer, probably after like the college health thing, we were developing like very esoteric lore of like red and blue and mm-hmm. the the background and like 
like, who controls the ninjas? Like, does Red, like, hire them? Is she the samurai <laughs> boss? Like, and all of that is, like, canned. Nope, yeah. we're not, like, we're not know, going not down. It. It's, it's, also, yeah. Okay, it wasn't Channel Awesome. It was something else, and you were also into it. What was that animated machinima thing? Sanity Not Included. Sanity Not Included! Yes, that was another thing that was very yeah. formative. Like, just these two yeah. animated friends dicking around, having wild adventures. And I was like, that's living the dream, man. Yeah. And then we were kind of like, yeah, but it's kind of tangential to what we actually do. So I guess, mm-hmm. you know, we, it's not really a bit. It's just something we really liked. So bits of that sort of leaked in early on. Um, yeah. Man. <laughs> blast from the past i hope you enjoy your much more in-depth answer <laughs> to the funny haha ninja question um yeah, yeah. Um, i'll look for any excuse to include more ninjas in my work it's just like you know <laughs> it came just from a place really in the background doing. like little un- unexplained but just in the background shots of other videos like a guy peeking over a rock or just like well, that's the fun thing about ninjas <laughs> you can always assume that they're doing exactly that uh, red is in the pocket of of big ninja, big ninja hiding in the literal and metaphorical shadows. <laughs> there is something very like 2008 about this conversation. In the same way that like if yeah. we were talking about like bacon or mustaches, I'd be like, oh, this is a time period in which I grew up. And there was definitely like a time period where it's like, oh yeah, we'll make a ninja joke. <laughs> oh, you know is this you're like, so right? Yeah, like, like, like the nin- men who made bacon their personality. Yes. Is yeah, that yeah, okay. It's it's the equivalent of like, were you like a dinosaur kid, an ancient Egypt kid, or a space kid? Right. And then it's like, were you a bacon haha random? Were you a Chuck Norris haha random? <laughs> or were you a ninjas haha random? Oh, um, yeah. That that Venn diagram has hefty overlap in the yeah. middle. But I'm just yeah, saying. I... Um, Which flavor of hot topic teen were you? Uh, <laughs> but well, this then next we question, the Naruto kids. But anyway. Um, <laughs> This next question comes from Wayfaring Stranger. <laughs> to both, what do you think was your greatest achievement with the channel, and why do you think that? It's a retrospective, so we gotta, you know, look back retrospectively, Red, with your <laughs> thoughtful expression. Well, this is hard. Like, I, I, the way my brain works is, it's like Tetris. Once I finish something, it disappears. <laughs> I stop thinking about it. Is well, an accomplishment. Well, is that anything that, like, has stuck in your head? Because that's probably a good indicator that it's one of the things you're more proud of from the channel. <laughs> I um, I I mean I, I mentioned it earlier but like I'm I'm genuinely extremely proud of the the combo Ukraine and Sun Maiden Crescent Moon fundraiser because not only were those videos bangers um and I got to say fuck you in Russian which was mm-hmm. love that <laughs> Um, but it's a good language for telling people to go fuck themselves. It really is. Like, yeah, um, I am really proud of the fundraising hoist we were able to do, and that's obviously not the only one we've done. Like, as yeah. mentioned, like two hundred fifty thousand dollars of fundraising over the years, but that was probably the single most like condensed moment of crisis response <laughs> that yeah. I, I think yeah. um, makes Every- me feel extra proud of it. It's always really Im- inspiring when we're able to like mobilize the channel in any way for a fundraising effort. Yeah. I mean, the one that pops into my head is all of the stream series that we've done, particularly the like, yeah. nine-hour ones that are always really big drivers yeah. of fundraising. Yeah, those are fun. I mean, it's fun on our end, but it's always really gratifying to have that kind of like audience engagement and that people are not only showing up for us, but they're showing up for the cause that we're supporting. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just like a really great feeling, and it feels like you're a part of something bigger than just like content creation. <laughs> for yeah. a moment yeah. not that there's anything wrong with that we all do it for a living but it, it does it's nice to give something back yeah i Feels i feel directed. like i'm i'm yeah. having trouble with this just because the entire channel is that for me like mm-hmm. i i never imagined it would be this thing 
and I, I never imagined it would be so helpful to so many people. Um, and I, I think I've previously had trouble sort of like, I guess, accepting that in any meaningful way. It's like, oh, it's nice that you like it, but like it doesn't like the neuron doesn't fire in my head where it's like, that's a real thing. That's a good thing that I made happen yeah. somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, but I sort of recently had a like a, a bit of an epiphany about that stuff. And I, I think it just there's something really astounding about touching people's lives like that just in any way, like anything you do, anything you put out there with love in it. And then they, it gets picked up and the person who interprets the art maybe gets something out of it that you didn't even know you put in there or get something out yeah. of it that specifically resonates with them that you wouldn't have dreamed of. And in a way, you've reached out and permanently impacted their life, even if you never meet. And it's it's. I mean, this this conversation is going to go up its own ass twice if I keep going. But the point is, like, <laughs> it's a form of artistic immortality that I think is just a truly beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very cool and still kind of unbelievable to me that we've managed to make that happen. So if if you are any of the people who's ever, like, sent us an email or an ask or something like that, it's like, hey, I really like your stuff. This helped me out. You know, I really appreciate it. Or you know, this got me inspired to do this thing. Like, just know that that is heart-wrenchingly amazing to me, and I'm <laughs> I'm rooting for you, baby. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Appreciate it's all the support. <laughs> given how far away we are from our audience and how, you know, there are probably hundreds of instances where someone who's a huge fan of OSP has walked right past us on the street but wouldn't recognize us from our faces because we're usually cartoon characters. The amount of times and that I get recognized my from my voice rather than my face, it's a very high ratio. Um, yeah. But like the, that even for all those times where like we might have walked past someone who knows OSP and just they, they never, or you know, whatever. Um, but the moments when we do actually run into someone who, who knows the channel, um, and then it's like, oh, hey, you know, what's your favorite video? And they're like, oh, you know, like, obviously I really like these ones, but like, you know, this one's my favorite. And it's always different. Uh, everyone always has different. different things that they love that, that have reached them in different ways. But um, recently, this past weekend, I was in a bookstore with my dad, um, and one of the employees there, like, <laughs> clocked me instantly, like, hey, by the way, the world history section's over there. And I'm like... Call it out. <laughs> if I recall correctly, from yeah, the way you um, described the situation, you didn't think there was anything weird about that for a little while until later was, when you were like, wait a minute. Because <laughs> I was looking at a history book and they were like, oh, the world history section's over there. I'm like, wow, hard read, but okay. And then eventually <laughs> I was like talking like, oh, you know, and uh, I, I, by the way, I have a YouTube video and, and they were like, I know who you are. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was oh. talking about that book, The Bright Ages, and I was like, yeah, you know, I, I, I read this one recently. Um, and they were like, yeah, you know, The Dark Ages is a myth by Renaissance artists. And I almost said, hey, that's my line. <laughs> <laughs> but incredible. I'm like, I'm not that important. I'm not going to do that. But the, the point of the conversation is that eventually they were like, I mean, listen, you know, obviously you're, I, I really like your videos. Otherwise, we, I wouldn't be, like, talking to you right now. Um, I wouldn't know who you are. But, like, the... The, the things that you and Red have done and your art and your, like, you know, advocacy and just, like, being the ace icons I didn't know I needed, like, that's that's really cool stuff. Um, and, and those things are representative because for every one person who we actually get to have that conversation with, I need to remind myself there are hundreds or thousands at least who have a very similar experience because with an audience of two million... That's just how it goes. And we'll never be able to reach every single person. But we can have those kinds of representative experiences that 
like, if we think really hard, we're like, okay, extrapolate this out by an order of magnitude, and I might get close to understanding, like, what this community feels. Well, that's, you know, that's kind of the beauty of creation, because the things you create and the impacts they have outlive you and extend farther than you ever could. Like, I mean... I, if you just look around in your daily life, the number of things that have artistry and like love put into them is yeah. is not small. It's like, you know, I quite like this mug I have with a pushing <laughs> on it, a cartoon cat designed by somebody whose name and face I don't know and wouldn't recognize on the street. But that doesn't matter because this mug brings me joy and so does that person by extension. And, yeah. you know, for as long as there's a video platform distribution thing that our videos are on, things that we create are going to be having impacts on people. Uh, and that's that's kind of the the most incredible thing about the internet that is also, of course, the most terrifying thing about it, that it, it really does render everything on it immortal for as long as it as a platform exists, which mm -hmm. means there's no such thing as privacy, but also there's no such thing as <laughs> death or obsoleteness. Um, yeah. So... It's just, it's weird. This question came to me at a weird time. Uh, love and appreciate all of you. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, I guess tangibly, the one thing I will say is that before the channel got kind of big, uh, building an audience was the scariest thing in the world to me because I've always wanted to create stuff, but the most disheartening thing as an artist is creating something to an audience of nobody. Like, you can Except create yourself. stuff for yourself. Well, that's yeah. the thing. <laughs> Creating stuff for yourself is one thing, but if you create stuff because you want people to enjoy it and then nobody sees it, it's just incredibly, it, it's really sad. Yeah. And, Again, the incredible thing about the internet makes it, like, much more accessible to just have a platform than it has ever been before. Because it's not being gatekept by whoever's in charge of the, the art galleries or whoever's in charge of the yeah. magazines. It's like, you can just do it. You can just put it out there. And algorithm willing, someone might see it. Um, and so when I started making tracks towards making my comic real, I was like, I have a guaranteed starter audience. It's not going to be huge but it's not going to be zero and then it can just grow on its own naturally because once there is an audience you get word of mouth you get you know retweets reblogs stuff like that it, it's yeah. it grows organically and all i needed was a starter audience and it, finding that was the scary part and it's like that's that's a solved problem now wow i can yeah. just make this thing and focus on making the thing <laughs> and not stress about will anybody yeah. ever see it so again you guys are the most incredible thing <laughs> i've had any hand <laughs> in the creation of so uh so i'm, mm -hmm. I'm very proud yeah yep uh, this next question comes from Vessel to Blue. How come you never sing a song at the end of a video? I tried. It didn't work. <laughs> I mean, you you are you know you are a singer. You were in yeah. choir for a while. You can't sing. Yeah. It's just recording your own voice singing is a very different beast. Mm -hmm. uh, like yeah. everyone has to get used to their speaking voice on recording. You might think. That also gets you used to your singing voice on recording. It's not. It's a completely no. different animal. You sound different, and you will think you sound worse. The thing is, anyone who hears you is like, yeah, that's how you sound, which is not what you want to hear when you think you sound like shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But what they yeah, mean no. is, well, it's kind of like if you look at yourself in a picture and you're like, I look so ugly in this. And they're like, that's how you always look. It's like, mm, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like the, the fact is, you know, there, there's kind oh, of an 80 percent rule that needs to be applied to recording yeah. your own singing voice because mm. it's like whatever comes out there is kind of how you sound. But it's also good. You just can't hear it because it sounds different inside your head. Um but also you're under no obligation to. Yeah. I, I kind of did it as a challenge to myself because I wanted to get better at it 
And I knew that if I let the anxiety win, I would never, ever let anybody hear my voice singing on recording. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'll just I'll just say fuck it and take the leap and do it while I'm still kind of shit. Uh, and then I'll get better eventually. <laughs> yeah. the Structurally, the reasons that it didn't really work for me was I, I, I'd never started doing it at the same time Red did. And I did a little bit of like a channel reevaluation that eventually set me on the path to like finding a visual identity by making my own maps, which is great. But mm -hmm. I was also thinking, oh, I'll try to do end credits music. So I tried a couple songs for one of my early videos. I, I don't think I remember which one it was. Um, but the problem is that not only did I not like the way that I sounded on recording, I being a bass have a much more limited range for what like pop songs I can sing <laughs> oh, yeah, than, yeah, um, than the average, you know, alto or soprano. So it's like, I can sound good on a lot of songs, but that range of where I sound good in the melody it's a lot narrower. Um, and then additionally, I don't play guitar. And theoretically, in, in that time, I could have learned. But sounding good unaccompanied is, to my understanding, very hard. <laughs> I, yeah, I would recommend, like, you know, like a karaoke backing track at minimum. But also, yeah. that at that point, you start running into the, uh, the copyright difficulties. Um, because, yeah. you know, playing and singing a cover of a song... It's it's technically just as legally viable as singing over a karaoke track, basically, but it will not get automatically flagged unless you're really yeah. good, and I'm not. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 weird. Um, it's a weird space, and honestly, it's just personal preference and comfort. Uh, like, I, this is something where, like, I. <laughs> When I was little, like I was the person who was like, I would love to sing at this assembly. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show off a little. And then I didn't do any of that in high school, and I didn't do any of that in college. And I was like, Am I like g good? Was I good, or were people just <laughs> nice because I was six? And it's like, No, I'm pretty good. You know, it's all right. Uh, but it, it was like it was a thing, and I never did choir singing. Well, I, I did a little bit of choir, but it was a very small choir, so it wasn't kind of the same. Like I'm one voice among many, and that's what makes this work. So it was a little easier for me to be like, Yeah, I'll take center stage. Oh, twist my arm, why don't you? Um, <laughs> it's just differences yeah. in you know what you like doing, and yeah. this this is a space where we are very much allowed to sort of fuck around and find out. Yeah, I, I also I very much <laughs> like taking the end credits to be like thank you for watching and just like like saying it out loud because obviously mm -hmm. any creator should be thankful that you have watched the video but mm. being able to say like not like a call out like hey like and subscribe but like hey you just spent between like five and ten minutes watching this thing thank you for that i appreciate mm. it also hi cleo cleo uh, cam it is a cleo cam <laughs> we got we, we got one after video. all cleo say hi say hi little miss Hey, girl. Yes. You see me? Last night I dreamt I oh, held you in goes. my arms. There she goes. Great. So, yeah. Incredible. Excellent. No singing well, for me. <laughs> this next question comes from the True Cthulhu 9. To everyone, what is your favorite playlist on the channel? Ooh. Uh, I really like the Trope Talks playlist. I know that might be a bit of a Aww. basic bitch answer, but I do go back and listen to it whenever I'm drawing because it's really good background noise. Yes, thank you. That's the highest praise I've ever received. Um, I don't tend to rewatch our our playlists uh, because I don't tend to. The problem is if I rewatch like two of our videos, the YouTube algorithm is like, "Oh, you must be a big fan," and then it's all our stuff for it's like. Yes, like, thank you, thank you, YouTube. Like, I would love to see something that I didn't make, you know, <laughs> if you don't mind. Um, but. Uh, you know what? I'm going to do the hot take answer. Conceptually, I love the Bad History playlist. Yeah. It's, <laughs> as far as, like, things that I would watch, 
not on there. No. But <laughs> things that don't exist really on anyone else's channel that I'm so glad we've done. Love the Bad History playlist. Yeah. Yeah. I, I felt so relieved being able to be like, oh my god, I can finally like... I, I can finally purge myself of my sins. <laughs> I can experience <laughs> like Dante on the mountain. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but I, I'm just glad that I had the opportunity to be like, look, I was trying my best. My best has gotten a lot better than it was. <laughs> this goes in here. And then I, as I was reconfiguring my, my playlist, I had kind of like a, a three-parter, like, you know, ancient Mediterranean history, European and American history, and then in Asian history, to kind of like trace as chronologically as I can all the videos that we've done, and they fit neatly enough into three different through lines. Um, Clea, you gotta stop eating my things. Uh, but Literally. what I also did was I, I had a blues videos playlist and a history playlist that like, with the exception of like five videos were the same playlist, so what I did was I turned my I turned one of the playlists into best of blues videos um, that was like, it's like 20 or 25 right now. And I added like three this year. It was Ukraine and then um, the Rome resummarized and, and like one other one. Um, but having that little thing of like, here is what I would broadly consider to be like my best work mm -hmm. on the channel. Ta-da. Made me feel like, oh, I've got some good ones. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Heck yeah. Uh, well, we haven't had a time heist question in a while, and it feels appropriate <laughs> to bring one in here as we're sort of winding down the year. So this question comes from Weird Space Dragon. Greetings and salutations. There's not been a time heist question for a while. <laughs> You're right about that. Uh, and I have one question I don't believe has been answered yet. I'm not sure if it actually matters to the story of the time heist, but how does Red and Blue come across the time machine in the first place? So how did you guys find the time machine that kicked this whole story off? The ongoing saga that someday I will make a super cut of, but have not gotten around to yet. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, well, first instinct is it was like a like a Stargate-style buried ruin thing. Mm. Uh, you know, pseudo-ancient style, but like there's clearly high-tech stuff behind mm -hmm. it. Uh, and then whoopsies, it accidentally switched on and spat us out back in the 1600s or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I think depending on which version of time travel we establish whether it's like changing timelines or loops mm. it could be funny if say Da Vinci invented a time machine very late in his life and then somehow wound up in our company in year of our lord 20 whatever and then as we go back to recruit, like, younger Da Vinci, like, something happens to Da Vinci and he has to go back or, or something. But then we go back to Da Vinci, and the one that we get in the first movie is before he invented it, obviously. So he's oh, like, ah, oh, that seems like cool. And then he invents it later yeah, off camera at the end of the it's movie. Yeah. So it's a stable time yeah. situation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that's, that's we, we have two canon Da Vinci's in the movie, mm -hmm. one of which was old Da Vinci who brings the time machine, and then the other was young Da Vinci who we get... Yes. That's the Good. best I'm going to give you. <laughs> I like it. I think that's I like solid. It. 
I don't think that entirely precludes the possibility of finding it or first encountering it in some wacky yes. ancient ruin. I do love uh, like a Ben Tens type. Well, it just crash landed right next to the protagonist, <laughs> so now we're going to use it kind of situation. But that's a personal preference. I don't think that's best for the narrative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I like the idea that, of course, Da Vinci knows and recognizes us uh, because we hung out with him in the past, but before yeah. he invented the time machine. And he's like, ah, oh, it's like, oh, my, my old friends. friends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that yeah, is kind of the right, problem because... with. Yeah, well, the yeah. problem with stable time loop stories is, like, after a while, there's no surprises. Uh, mm-hmm. When the person shows up and is like, no way, I just saw you back in 1976. It's like, oh, I guess they're going to go to 1976. <laughs> Thanks, bud. <laughs> what a twist. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very good. Does it mean we get to give it, like, the time machine, like, decorate it, give it a little flair from wherever we find it? Or is it going to look more like one of, like, Da Vinci's um, drawings I think. Now? Well, the thing is, like, when it starts out, it definitely has to look kind of ornithoptery, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. sort of. It's like wood and canvas, but somehow <laughs> it's also like a functional time machine in there. No, here's um, the thing is it'd be made of wood and canvas for the first one, but that can only survive one journey. So when we uh, want to go back, we have to give it the upgrade to make it like 21st exactly. century tech. Montana. And then like yeah. after a while, it like it like the, the base mechanics are kind of the same, but like TARDIS-like, it's, it's changed a lot. Like every ship yeah. of Theseus, it's all been pieced together differently so like young da vinci is like inspired by this this hulking mass of stainless steel and leds is like oh i think i get the, the base concept <laughs> and then he comes up with the canvas and wood one that we see at the very beginning yeah um, yeah very good that's great uh, <laughs> time heist i love that he's got to... a shitty mario voice and <laughs> like that's can we get charles martin it i mean he's not busy right now <laughs> Hey, it's Not me, Da Vinci. We gotta go. Sixteen hundreds. Here we come. <laughs> Everyone else in that movie is cast so well. I'm going uh, to invent a new thruster. Woohoo! <laughs> Yahoo! <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. Uh, we got time for one last question here, and I think this is a great one to take out the year on. Uh, this comes from I am Sam. Sam, I am. To Red and Blue, you are tasked with improvising a catchy jingle for your YouTube channel. How does it go? Oh, that's cruel. That is cruel. <laughs> Wait, did we not just cover the singing on camera sucks? <laughs> it's a jingle. It could just be more of like a rhyme. <laughs> like slam poetry. <laughs> Famously easy to improvise. Yeah, well, um, here, like, you know, let's boil it down, right? Like, this has to be one or two lines, maybe four if yeah. we're really getting into it. Simple, simple tune. Uh, some something that sums up OSP. You know, what's rhymes with productions or sarcastic or nothing overly. good. <laughs> Inductions. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, um, just getting like sarcastic, the dark fantastic duck thing, right? Those sarcastic, two, those yeah. two rhyme. It's a little fantastic. Going to be overly sarcastic. Life sarcastic. It's fantastic. No. Yes. <laughs> a movie I am excited for. Oh well, of course. Who isn't? Oh, that I, that preview. It has to be <laughs> unedited. The one time that Red and I did a recording of the Jesse and James speech, and just that's mm. it. Mm. Reminding well, you to bring up ancient exists. history. <laughs> yeah. James. Uh, Does that James. make me meow in that cat situation? <laughs> You were, yeah. Yes, yeah. I have that file. Uh, it's... <laughs> yeah, so if you ever need to blackmail any of us, yeah. Yeah. we're all set. Um, God, that's uh, just like unedited, fully the Team Rocket intro. I mean, I, I, I've said on various occasions, like OSP, you know, come 
because you're studying for a test, stay because learning is fun. I'm sure you can, like, you know, like Mr. Rogers jingle that up and, like, make it into something cute. Just but... the magic school bus intro at that point. <laughs> well, that's the problem. We're overlapping with far too many things. Yeah. Uh, all I'm getting is fucking Darkwing Duck when I'm trying to plumb the depths of my knowledge for inspiration. I was getting the education connection lady. I feel like... Uh. Oh fuck! Of- now that's in there too. The problem is, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm a friggin' machine at memorizing songs, and they, then they stay forever. And then whenever I try and do anything else, it just goes on shuffle. So uh, originality in music is probably my my Achilles heel, my actual weakest link. This is like the only way to win is not to play, because if we try, like we're going to be, you know, playing second fiddle to Reading Rainbow, Mm -hmm. to the Bob Ross uh, theme tune. Like there's there's no, that's a crowded field and they're all bangers. We stand (laughs) no chance. Oh, uh, everybody should watch the Defunct Land video about the Disney Channel four note jingle. uh, Yeah. Yeah, which is really good. Disney it's like jingle. a it's like an hour and a half uh, expose <laughs> deep dive into the yeah. creation and the the process of anyway. Uh, yeah, I got nothing. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. What a victorious Burma note well, to end Brad, the podcast. Maybe like an on. alternative <laughs> challenge here. Could you jingleize the um, outro of the podcast? The words are there. You just gotta put tuned to them. Of some this kind. Is, this is revenge, isn't it? This is payback for all the many times I've played fast and loose with your whatever with your precious you podcast that, format. Whatever makes you think I would be any sort of so vindictive as to do that. Did I sentence you to eighteen years in the shadow deep when I wasn't looking? What's <laughs> happening? <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is awful. I hope you this is like physically painful. Uh Thanks so much for watching slash listening to the Overly Sarcastic Podcast. We'll be back in a few weeks. I don't remember when exactly we're coming back because it's <laughs> the New Year's Podcast and the scheduling gets weird and I don't check the calendar because I don't play by your rules, man. I'm the podcast bad boy and that's not up for debate anymore. Uh <laughs> Ooh, be videos a diss track in the middle of the outro. <laughs> uh, because we're probably not taking a break because we're bad at that. And uh, until next time, I've been Red. And I've been Blue. And this has been an overly sarcastic podcast. Beautiful. No notes. That was wow. horrible. That was the worst thing I've ever done. Happy New Year, everyone. I am going to send it to you to 18 years in the Chateau Deep. <laughs> this was the time loop. This oh! was the time loop. Oh! <laughs> it all came full circle. <laughs>